0: want to take less than 60 seconds to tell you how you can support the podcast if you feel that the podcast is worth supporting. Step number one is you can go to 1-800-CONTACTS, assuming you have contacts that you're in need of, and give them a shot. 1-800-CONTACTS, they're a community sponsor, and we couldn't do this without them. Way number two that you can support the podcast is you can go to lingo www.l-i-i-n-g-o-e-w eyewear.com and use code LightTheFight for $30 off your order. I actually just ordered my very first pair of sunglasses, of eyeglasses. I don't know why I said sunglasses. And I'm excited because they're sending me a few different pairs and I get to pick which ones I want and which one I like and keep it and send the other ones back. So LingoEyewear.com and make sure you use the code LightTheFight. The third way, you could visit us at Patreon and that is ww. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash light the fight. And what that is, is just a way to get some extra bonus contact content with us, connect with us on a different level. And we take a lot of deeper dives on podcasts. We're doing educational tutorials. So we got a lot of stuff that we're building over there. Come on all over. A lot of people have come over. It's as easy as five bucks a month. So that's patreon.com backslash light the fight. Okay, enough of that. Let's get to the good stuff now.
1: everybody, I'm Heidi and this is Light the Fight and as you can see, if, if I guess if you're watching the video version, <laughs> um, I'm alone. Which always makes me feel just a little bit uncomfortable because, um, you know, I'm not a licensed professional. The only license and degree I have is in freaking out, which, you know, I don't know if it, <laughs> if it's, a, that authorizes me, but... Um, interestingly enough, I guess the fact that I'm a confessed freaker-outer, it does authorize me to sit here and share some knowledge and chat with you. I will tell you this, that poor David, again, is um, just feeling sick. And uh, so, you know, I know that I've asked you to, to send prayers for David <laughs> before. Um, I guess we're asking again. Um, he's really not feeling great and, um, people need him. So we need him to feel better, including us here at the podcast, not to be too selfish because probably his family needs him. (laughs) Um, but Brandon says he'll be selfish. He would like David to feel better. That would be helpful. Anyway, um, so I'm here. David sent me a text and said, all right, you're on your own. And here I am showing up on my own. So there was a lot of things that I was bringing to the table this week that I kind of wanted to kick around with David. And so I kind of end up a little bit on my own here to chat and to share. Um, And so I'm going to share something here that I think is just a really important reminder. Um, And I'm also going to be sharing kind of a, Personal situation and good reminder. Also in Patreon this week. So if you are a patron, um, <laughs> I you're gonna you're already gonna know. If if you don't know, Light the Fight has a Patreon, which is um, basically like extra content. Every week we do some extra videos. And um, tonight, we were actually going to do the September sessions. But since David isn't feeling well, we're going to push that off until next week again. Um, But anyway, now is always a good time to sign up for um, our Patreon. And um, so that's patreon.com backslash light the fight, all one word. You can also find that link on our Instagram or um, on our website. So... Anyway, go check that out if you just, if you're a freaker-outer and maybe you just need a little extra um, information each week. So we love to share that over there. Um, You know, the way the podcast usually works is that um, I kind of bring in conversations or questions or different situations that have come up in my life over the last week. Um, Dave and I talk about it, and usually, without fail, there's been a place in his life, um, teaching or in groups or wherever he's kind of interacting, um, that we find a a crossover. And that's usually kind of where um, our conversations come from. And so, kind of drawing on that, I have had um, several conversations in the last week that all have had the same theme. And so it's evident, it's very clear to me that this is what needs to be talked about and what I would like to share about. And I think it's extremely important. um, (laughs) And I really think that a lot of it is kind of bubbling up in response to suicide prevention week, which, you know what, I think is great. Um, We have a video that we're getting ready to share and you'll see that on our social media, so I won't talk about it too much. But one of the things that David shares in that video is I mean, is what is the purpose of having a suicide prevention week? You know, why, why do we do it? Why all the effort? Why, um, what's the point, right? And I think that the beautiful part of it is that it gives us this opportunity to just have open conversations. Um, Sometimes open conversations are hard, but it's always going to be worth it. Anyway, so I feel like a lot of what has happened in the last couple of weeks is different friends, um, people that I know, even people that I don't know, having important conversations. And um, I'm going to show up right now and share with you some... One of the most valuable and important things that that I've learned through this podcast and through what David's taught me, and also um, this is also one of the areas that I have changed the most in as a as a parent and also as just a human. Um, you know one of the things that we talk about, and in fact, this is what our sessions will be on next week that will hit our Patreon. But our sessions is when we kind of take a deeper dive into a fundamental um, subject that we've taught about before on the podcast. And um, so we're taking, next week we're going to be taking a deep dive in the topic of airing on the side of the relationship. Now, this is something that we talk about a lot here um, at Light the Fight. Um how important and how like f- top of mind, first priority that erring on the side of the relationship is um, in our interactions with the people that we love. Um, and specifically, you know, our kids. <sighs> so I do recommend that you go back And listen to one of our very first episodes that is called Airing on the Side of the Relationship. Um, Brandon's going to grab the episode, and I will be able to tell you what episode that is so that you can go back and um, re-listen to it or listen to it for the first time if you haven't done that because it is essential. And, you know, it ties in beautifully with what um, David will share on this video that we're going to also share next week about the purpose of suicide prevention, and kind of a also ties in really well to last week's podcast, which, you know, where we also talked about, like, how suicide prevention has evolved um, and what the most important thing is. Now, all right, so here, here's where I feel like I was um, previous to the podcast, previous to Corey dying, was that I really believe that my job as a, as a parent, as a mom, was to make sure my kids didn't make mistakes. In that way, I feel like I kind of saw myself as a police, kind of policing their activity, um, making sure no mistakes were being made. I also saw myself as a judge and a jury, um, making sure that... um, you know, if there had been something happening that, that the full extent of the law was being um, put into into places in, in terms of punishments. And I also saw myself really kind of as a warden um, in a lot of ways, just a, a gatekeeper, just like stopping to make sure that nobody would actually step out and be able to make a mistake. Um in terms of my kids. And, you know, we do this in different ways because obviously our kids can kind of get themselves into trouble in a lot of ways that we were getting ourselves into trouble at, at, in our youth, but there were no phones or ring doorbells or f- video cameras in our. In the house, as as like a like a Vivint camera, or um, in in her back pocket, or somebody else's phone, um, or you know maybe one of our friends' parents monitor parents modern monitor. Sorry, like maybe our children's friends' parents who are monitoring the child's friend um, maybe more closely than us, and so like. We are privy to a lot more information, locations, um, time stamps, actual recorded documentation of things that are done that, that we just didn't have to, like, be up against when we were that age, right? So um, I think that some of this technology also... Um, It affords us like one more line of defense on being that, you know, judge, warden, police, <laughs> um, ultimately the protector, controller, gatekeeper of of our children. Um, but what I want to suggest and remind, which is something that we've talked about, and and if, and I'm just gonna talk back to that um, person five years ago, I really, like I said, I felt like it was my responsibility to keep my kids from making mistakes. Like, mistakes were bad. Having bad experiences were bad. Getting in trouble was bad. And I just, I think I wanted to, like like all parents, I think I wanted to save them from maybe the pain of making a bad decision, the pain of the consequences, um, I also wanted to save myself the pain. And I've talked about this a lot of times on the podcast. I wanted to save myself that. Um, the freaking pain in the butt it is to clean up the, the mess. Whatever that mess may be. Whether it's time, energy. Um, we've all talked about that punishments sometimes are a lot more, a lot harder on the parents than they even are on the kids as we're trying to like um, enforce those punishments over extended periods of time and extended circumstances. So the girl that I was, the mom that I was plus six years ago was very much I wanted to be in control. I wanted to um, have rules and requirements in place that prevented my kids ever from making a mistake. And so um, I, I mean, there's... Obviously as a parent we we do have responsibility to keep our kids safe. And so we have responsibility to have rules, curfews, um the way things work in our family, you know, maybe that's like we can you can't have a member of the opposite sex in your in your bedroom or um you know, on Sundays we don't is a family day. We don't hang out with friends and we go to church or you know, whatever those parameters are in, in your family. I'm not really talking about those, the family structure. What I'm talking about more is um, number one, the fundamental notion that mistakes are bad and somehow we have the ability to prevent mistakes from happening. So that's number one, the the first change that I think that I have made um, as a parent. Number one, recognizing that mistakes are part of growth. If we're not making mistakes, we aren't growing. If we aren't making mistakes, we aren't learning. And sometimes it's bad circumstances, bad decisions, bad outcomes that help, that help us decide, okay, I don't like that. I don't want to do that again. Or... I'm not going to hang out with those people anymore because the last few times I've hung out with them, you know, I've gotten in trouble and, or I've made bad decisions and I don't and I don't like that. And so it's really just this essential paradigm shift inside me that I want to suggest and recommend to embrace those mistakes, bad decisions, bad circumstances as necessary learning opportunities. Um, number two is the notion of exercising extreme control so that you, you do think that you have control. Um, and by that, I mean like when we say, all right, I, you know I don't want you hanging out with this person. I don't want you going to this place. I don't want you doing this X, Y, Z, right? And maybe we are going to monitor locations, we monitor the phone, monitor text messages, monitor whatever in order to manage that, to make sure that those rules are being followed. Um, I think that taking away phones, taking away privileges, mandating certain levels of control so that with the purpose of our kid not being able to make a bad decision um, is really a false sense of control. Uh, because, you know, if a kid decides they want to maybe make a bad a bad decision with a boyfriend or girlfriend. Maybe they want to go to a place and participate in activities that you've already told them you don't want them to do or you establish that's not okay. If they want to do those things, they can. And the problem is that as we establish these controls and then they try to get around the controls... Because they they've made those decisions, um, then what's happening is there's getting to be a greater greater gap between what they're willing to tell us, what we know, um, and then sometimes like we have intel right that we we know but they don't know we know, and so we're kind of going to use it against them to catch them in a lie or some of these things. And we've talked about this a lot. Like, um, so there's been so there's been several different conversations that have been going on um, in this past week in regard to this exact situation. Parents who have children that are making decisions that they don't agree with, that they feel like will cause them pain in the future, that they want to prevent, but the child themselves is still doing those things. And the parent is saying, "All right, so my, my my kid my kid did what I didn't want them to do and now what now what do I do? you know as as our teenagers start to get older and verging on adult um and they're becoming like David says a semi pro adult, we are going to have less and less control over what we What what our kids do, and the intel that we're going to get from them through them is become become more and more filtered as they they don't want to see us freak out, they don't want us to get mad, they don't want to get in trouble, you know, all of those reasons. And so this is where like we zoom over to err on the side of the relationship. Um, The thing, oh podcast seventy eight, Brandon said is err on the side of the relationship. So if If I could talk back to that mom six years ago and say, look, whatever happens, you know, you can't control it, you can't prevent it, but what you can control is your relationship, is the dialogue that happens in between you, is how you respond when something goes wrong, is how you talk in a partnering way about... The pros and cons of those decisions, or the reasons behind the rules or established boundaries that you have created in your family, because I really um, operated on a black and white, yes or no, in or out. You do it, or you're dead. You, you know, like it, it was kind of this like very. Um, two choices, right? Now I think the person that I am right now, it's more like, okay, I've learned how to carefully, calmly, and conversationally lay out what the boundaries are, what the rules are, what the expectations are, and do so in a conversational manner that the person that I'm setting these boundaries with or the rules with that they have their requirements and I also have my requirements. Um, And we're leaning on each other, right? When things go wrong, I've learned that I'm not going to take it personally and that we're going to not freak out. We're going to talk about it. And, I mean, let me just say. I don't always not freak out, but trying not to, trying harder not to freak out because at the end of the day, the, the only thing that we do have control of is that relationship. The better our relationship is with the kids, with our spouse, with our, whoever it is, the better the choices that they're going to make are the easier it is for them to come to us when they need help or maybe they've gotten in over their head, the less afraid they'll be of us and letting us down, and the less we really jeopardize when something does go wrong. Um, Being able to control your teenager and make sure that they don't make mistakes and that they do 100% of what they say they're going to do is an unrealistic expectation. And even if you're taking away privileges or taking away their phone or locking their phone down or you know, whatever we kind of concoct to make us feel like we have more control so that we feel like we're being a good responsible parent. It's just important to remind ourselves that those are false senses Of control. We really can't control what our child will actually do in those circumstances. We try to teach them, we try to encourage them, we try to help them see the scenario from the beginning and and afterwards and, and how it will affect their lives if they make these bad decisions. But the only thing we can really, really control is how we set up the boundaries, how we have conversations about what we're concerned about, what we're worried about beforehand, how we communicate with them as they're in those decision-making time periods, and then how we respond. If, if during all three of those points, the very first thing on our mind is that we're gonna err on the side of the relationship then no matter what the decision happens, no matter what, whether your your child toes the line and, and does what they're supposed to do, or whether they make a mistake and have to deal with consequences, or whether they do something that they know is wrong, that you don't approve of, and they lie to you and you don't know, no matter what, The situation is, if you're erring on the side of the relationship, you are always going to be ahead of the game. You will continue to be somebody that your kids feel like they can come to when they need you. They know that they have support. They know that they're not in it by themselves. And they start to recognize that they can trust you. You're not going to freak out every time. You are going to help them work through problems that they have. And you yourself aren't going to take it personally when your kids are kids and do what they're actually supposed to do, which is, you know, touch the hot stove or, you know, those are the things that they can truly learn from. The most important thing. The end of the day is to let them learn. When mistakes are made, don't cover you can't cover it up. You can't brush it aside. you can't pretend like it didn't happen. You can acknowledge it. You can help them find solutions for righting their wrongs. You can put those consequences into effect that you've already established before. You are in the situation in a non-hostile or toxic or freaking out way. And then what you realize is that there is an actual understanding and that your relationship is functional and it's healthy and it's something that actually is working for both of you as, you're both, as, as we're both learning at these different stages in our life we're learning as parents. <laughs> you know, we're constantly faced with new circumstances that we're having to figure out how we're going to deal with them. Not all of our relationships are going well. Not everything that we're working on is coming out how we want it. We're not unscathed and the and the reality is we don't tell our kids all of our stuff. Nor should we. And our kids are doing, their learning, and they're growing. The reality is, even though we're in the same world with the same technology, with the same information and much of the same stresses, we're learning, responding, and acting completely differently because of our experience levels and because of our roles and our responsibilities and, and all of that. So let's do our best to remember. Um, you know, I was thinking about this and I, and I wanted to just end with this visual. Um, maybe you remember, I, I played hi- I played soccer in high school and it's not like I was that good, but I was on the girls' soccer team. Um, I really enjoyed soccer. I played throughout my youth. And I have a sister who is eight years younger than me. And I remember when she was like, maybe in first or second grade she was on like a little soccer team and I was you know much older I think I was in my freshman year I had had a decent amount of experience playing soccer and I can remember going to her soccer games and and I think this you know I think the term is like beehive soccer where like everybody just is doing this around the field. I, if you can't see me, I'm just like, it, you know, you, you just have like this, every single kid on the team is just buzzing right around the ball and they're just moving together as the whole entire team um. as, as the ball moves up and down the field. Which, you know, we know that when we are more... Um, experienced soccer player, we're a little bit more strategic and we're making these triangles that we're, um, supporting our teammates through and giving the person who has the ball always multiple choices about where they're going to pass it and how we're going to work together to our goal. Right. And so I just remember like saying to my mom, like, "Oh my gosh, these kids are so stupid. They got to pass the ball. They got to dribble the ball. They can't just all crowd around the ball. And I remember my mom saying, you know, it's really easy for you because you've had all this experience and you're sitting on the sideline. You're not in it. Um, I think that we as parents, we have to remember that we are looking sometimes when what we're seeing our kids go through is just like I just explained, like we're just thinking, how could they possibly make this decision? Why don't they see this alternative? Why are they so short, short-sighted? Why aren't they setting themselves up for success? Blah, blah, blah. Because we have seen that. And also, we aren't in it. How many of us have said, oh my gosh, if I had to deal with social media when I was in high school, or if I knew that, you know, something that I said on a text was going to be screenshotted and put into a group, text, a group chat that I wasn't in, how would I feel about that, right, I would die. And so um, let's remember those two things. Number one, we just have more perspective, more understanding, more experience. And we also, we're not in it. Both of those things together need to help us recognize that our relationships are the things that we control. And that as we exercise the control and invest in those relationships, what we're going to get out of it after lessons, hard lessons are learned and after mistakes are made, we're going to have so much better of a functional, healthy relationship. One that, you know, our kids are probably still going to keep things from us. There's still going to be mistakes made that we wish like anything we could have prevented. But if we're erring on the side of the the relationship, it's going to be a lot easier for us to manage, to recover, to respond, and to promote learning through that mistake. And then, you know, we're gently going to remind ourselves. Some mistakes have to be learned multiple times, and we are just going to consistently show up erring on the side of the relationship, Recognizing that mistakes are an important part of learning and knowing that that's what we signed up for as parents. So um, think about that. See how it sits with you. Consider where you're at in each one of the relationships that you have. Maybe it's your spouse, work relationships, friends, family, whatever relationships that are causing you some struggle, consider where you are at putting the relationship first and resisting that need to be in full control. Um, as always, you guys, thank you for listening. Um, just the fact that you're here intentionally trying to better yourself so that you can show up better for your kids um, is so important. And I appreciate that effort that you're making on behalf of your kids. The healthier our relationships are, the healthier our kids will be. And the better outcomes we will enjoy. Um, so, yeah. Thanks. Quick shout out to our community sponsor, 1-800-CONTACTS. Um, we certainly appreciate all that they do to make sure that our message continues to be heard and shared. And thank you for helping us to light the fight.